Oh my gosh. I can confirm that we, Haley Kava and Addie Holzman, are poop friends. Yes. <laughs> and also, also, I feel like our husbands have by default become poop friends <laughs> with all of us. I feel like the holdout in terms of like comfort about talking about our pooping situations is Ash. I feel like Ash is a little bit more conservative <laughs> about talking about his bowel problem, like bowel processes. He doesn't like, like to talk about poop or farts or bodily functions at all in general. And I don't yeah. know how he's married to me. <laughs> I feel like Bobby does not fart as much as he ought to. <laughs> Are you going to encourage that? My I fart openly. I have farted openly in our relationship always. Because oh, I think it is funny and I uh, have a five year old sense of humor and farts are hilarious. Right? Like I better agree. out than in. I'm a big Shrek fan. Like I loved the Shrek movies when I was a kid. Yeah. So, like you gotta just let your let your farts out and let your poop out and can't um, pin that up. That's no good yeah. for anybody. So did you did you get a chance to listen to that podcast? No, I saved it. It's good. And it's very good. I need to listen to it. And who sent the dolphin thing? Our husbands like send us these random articles that are like pelvic floor semi-related. <laughs> but I think it was that dolphins are and I knew this that dolphins have sex for fun or like oh. they enjoy sex. Dolphins have a fully functional clitoris. Do other female animals not have a functional clitoris? Cows have clitorises. I don't think it's the same. They have sex to reproduce. But they if they have don't sex have like pleasure centers. But there's probably nerve endings there. You would think. Um, All of like, like the 8,000 nerve endings or whatever in the clitoris is based on cows. Did you know that? That's yeah. not a human. That's not a human statistic. Right. But if it's if a cow has 8,000 nerve endings there, then it they might it might feel good for them. I love how we transition so quickly from poop to clitoris. But like, I mean, there has to be some, like the internal drive, like the, have you, you're not on TikTok, but like there's all these TikToks is like the feminine urge to the, the urges that we have that drive our desire to reproduce. I feel like that comes from like a positive feedback loop on the fact that like genital stimulation feels good for animals yeah i can i can see that i don't know maybe we need to dive into a like whole monkeys other and study. stuff masturbate i think do they do it for pleasure just because they're bored well i mean <laughs> maybe, maybe both. both like if they can't they don't have they don't have yeah i mean this is worth a google this is so worth a google. this article on dolphins says that their fully functional clitoris helps them experience pleasure during sex just like humans. So I think that makes them fairly unique in the animal world. I'm about to do a real sketchy Google and ask Google <laughs> if animals masturbate. <laughs> oh, gosh. Don't look at the photos or the videos. Just, just the appears that many animals, both male and female, masturbate, both when partners are available and otherwise. For example, cats, dogs, male squirrels, male deer, rhinoceros, boars, and male monkeys. Male deer, they don't have hands. How are they masturbating? Like, are they humping on, a log or something? Yeah, like rubbing <laughs> it on other objects. So when we were, when David was like 
I don't know, maybe a year old. We went to stay with my cousin who had this cat and this cat had a stuffed animal that was probably as big as it was. And it was like, it's humping toy. <laughs> and this, it like always humped this stuffed animal. And David was obsessed with the stuffed animal. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. We are not, we're not playing with this. Yeah. We had a, we had a humping cat for sure. There was like, th- th- it was like a certain blanket that it would always like get, you know, when it would like bite it, it would like, yeah, it was like, that weird like oh my gosh so funny uh-huh male common marmosets at least in captivity have been known to suck their own dicks <laughs> <laughs> oh dear goodness oh boy that's the line is that the line of the dumpy around <laughs> suck your own dick <laughs> i'm not in the mood honey why don't you just <laughs> Why don't you make like a marmoset? <laughs> a whole other functional activity for spinal flexion and <laughs> range of motion. Can you get like that would be really a lot of rib cage. You would have and... to bend yourself in half for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure it's possible. I wouldn't Google that though. <laughs> I would not Google that. It's widely thought that these dolphins use sex as a social lubricant. That's interesting. Copious amounts of foreplay. These dolphins got it going on. And both, okay, here's an interesting, both male and female dolphins are thought to masturbate. And there have been reports of homosexual behaviors among both sexes, including female dolphins rubbing each other's clitorises during, with their spouts or flippers. This is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did not I think, realize this existed. I think, I think um, like same sex relationships have, is noted in most animals. Oh, here we are. All. Dolphins aren't the only animal besides humans that appear to enjoy sex and do it for non-reproductive reasons. Many of our primate relatives do as well. So, yeah, there you go. Masturbating monkeys. (laughs) Masturbating monkeys. (laughs) That needs to be the title. It says, some Indo-Pacific bottlenose dolphins just kind of splooge without any clear reason. (laughs) The BuzzFeed article. Hi, and welcome to the Don't Beat Around the Bush podcast. I'm Addie Holzman. And I'm Haley Kava. We're friends, pelvic floor physical therapists, moms, and occasional hot messes who are here for real, uncensored conversations about all things pelvic health. And because our conversations are uncensored, they're likely not appropriate for little ears. Please remember our disclaimer. Although we both are licensed physical therapists, we are not your physical therapist. Yeah, anyways. And our content is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your own healthcare team for individualized advice, diagnoses, and treatment. So it must be like revving up to Valentine's Day, the lovey season. I don't know, but I've gotten two really awesome emails from clients this week. One, she had postpartum sex for the first time. And she was like, I didn't hate it. I actually orgasmed multiple times. And I was like, go little rock star. <laughs> like, yeah. That's amazing. And so, and then the other one, like casually, she, it wasn't even the point of what she was saying. Um, she was telling me about something else and then casually just threw in there. Like we had something about having sex multiple times this week. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> like, I need to get to this level. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I'm like, after being sick and like now I'm in like that kind of flat hormone phase, I'm just like, nah, <laughs> not good. <laughs> yeah. So- I have really, really noticed since being off hormonal birth control that like like times of drive, times of no drive and it is sometimes a challenge when you're in like that lower phase. I'm not tired. I'm like, you know, we're getting along great. I just don't want to do it. I know. It's and kind of like- I feel like that's hard for men to understand because their hormone- hormones don't cycle that way. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. It's so crazy how like I haven't been on birth control since starting to have kids, but after I took that hormone class and I started paying attention to my cycle and tracking it and just like noticing how I feel there's it's absolutely like around that ovulation time I'm like let's go and then it dips off and I'm like see you in a couple weeks (laughs) yeah yeah so you know what would be something that would be kind of potentially interesting to explore is that I've I'm still a part of a lot of like more county uh, like Facebook stuff, and there's some sex ed drama going on in the Moore <gasps> County School Board. Yes, I was going to bring that up. I'm so glad that you know about that. So I guess it's getting blown out of proportion. There's like a whole bunch of lies about what's been going on, but it was like what was most alarming to me with the story that I read about that was that you know, it's pretty typical in kids sex ed that kids can write anonymous questions and then the teacher tries to answer them as best as possible in an honest, like non-judgmental way. And some of the initial questions that came up in the class, the teacher wasn't allowed to answer about like, is it wrong to be gay? Yeah. How is the teacher not allowed to answer that? Well, there's a huge religious friend. The school board is not religious entity. No. But I think a lot of we're in a very red state. (laughs) So this is where I think I'm like, this is where a health professional, like a pelvic health professional needs to teach the class. Do we pitch a sex ed class through the school board and have it be something that's delivered to all the schools in the school board? Yeah, I would love to. Maybe partner with a physician. And I know my friend Andrea would do it with us yeah like it's it's so important to give them clear information so here's the problem with that that i think it doesn't matter how you feel about homosexuality but if you if these questions are like off limits even to the point where like you give like a soft answer or you know kind of try to divert or whatever like that's building and perpetuating that shame around sexuality and like making kids feel like they can't ask questions right. and then they're going to go search elsewhere, maybe right. other sources that aren't, and that you don't want them to be in, right? Like the law, like the law of the country is that having same sex relationships is 100% undeniably completely normal and fine. Yes. You can love whoever you want to love and you can have sexual relationships with whoever you want to have sexual relationships with yes so why are why is that why is that even an issue school this is not a christian private school where they can have whatever agenda they want to have this is a publicly funded 
separation of church and state school. Yep. So that is bullshit to me. That is complete and utter bullshit. I uh-uh. think there's just so much, you know, when you wrap politics and power and religion all, you know, it's it's like no, you don't get to push your personal agenda to exclude other people just because you don't agree with that fine like you can think whatever you want but this is a this is a school of kids that are coming from very different places possibly very different you know well and i think one of the other questions was like if i have anal sex am i still a virgin or something like that and it was like like again the teacher is not allowed to answer that question and i would say well, how do you define virginity, virginity? Is a fucking construct. Virginity yeah. is fucking religious bullshit construct that is in place in order to sort of suppress and control, you know, and control female bodies essentially. Mm-hmm. And so, if this is like a known thing that we know, why can't we explain that to children? It's like if if it if it so. Um, serves your individual desire to remain a virgin you get to define what virginity is to you if or if you have a particular religious teaching that tells you what virginity is to you and you would like to do that then then that's that but there yeah like oh like that stuff just it's it so one it's a really good example of how us as parents should beat the school to that conversation so that we can control it and have the conversation we want to have with our kids and lay that foundation that shouldn't yeah that shouldn't be the first conversation they're ever having about um sex or i mean but often it is often it's the only one they're ever going to get and two yes everyone has their personal beliefs totally respect that whatever it is i respect it as long as it's respecting other people right like your freedom to think and act you know goes as far as when it starts limiting someone else's freedom but the thing is it's like hiding things from kids and like that's not gonna help not that you're gonna have this conversation when they're three no right but like were they at a level that they can understand but hiding it's so, not they're gonna learn on the bus they're gonna learn in school they're gonna so learn the best, a lot of shit that you don't want the best to thing the best 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 part of this is that the teacher is getting shit on because they kept she getting kept getting pestered about what semen tastes like what does semen taste like what does semen taste like and finally the teacher went oh salty yeah i feel like those kids were <laughs> they're like they're probably trying to like push her buttons yeah they were totally egging her on but also, is she wrong? No, but why couldn't you say something like it tastes different for everybody? Eat a I would say apple. it's <laughs> no, like, or you could be scientific and you could say, well, semen is actually a alkaline substance. And so would, ha- you know, based on its chemical composition would have a flavor, like a taste like X. That see, that's what they need. Just you come at them with like boring science. Like this it's is the what science. What the science? <laughs> this is yes. a vagina. This is a penis. <laughs> this is how this works. Here are your mechanics. Like, well, like it's even. I mean, why wouldn't we talk about what vaginal discharge is made of? Why wouldn't we talk about what penile discharge should look like and should smell like and should taste like, so that 
we know when something's wrong with our body, right? Because, um, so, you know, our vaginal discharge changes over the month and these are normal textures and these are normal colors and odors. And so that isn't a, shouldn't be a shameful thing. Semen is also a bodily fluid. Shouldn't be a shameful thing that we're not allowed to talk about. The oral sex is a, a topic that they could be talking about. And there is an opportunity where ejaculate could get into their mouth. So why is that inappropriate? Why is that inappropriate? Yeah, I totally. Is that illegal? Is it illegal to get cum in your mouth? No. Okay. <laughs> like, like, yeah, as my kids approach school age and like, I feel like I, I'm going to really embarrass myself at school potentially meetings and things like that, where I will talk like that because That's great people need to hear it. Like just because you know, kids know about stuff does not mean they're going to do it. So that, But also so that they're not ashamed and start putting shit scented, burny lube and douches and other things in their vulva and vagina because they think that the discharge that exists or the fluids that come out of their body are shameful, dirty, or otherwise. That's me. That was totally me. Like, like totally powders me. and shit and all that crap. Yep. No thanks. Scented so like panty liners, scented like shit. Yeah, that was totally me in like high school, early college. Who knows what happened to my poor tissues with all that shit? Yeah. Like, and we want, but, like, again, I mean, who knows? There's been no studies on that, but like, who, you know, rates of cervical cancer, ovarian cancer, other uh, med- maladies or maladies or whatever, however you say it. Like, so, it's just. Oh, that, I actually that just enraged me when I saw that. <laughs> if that enraged you, do not go to the radio clip and listen to the guys talk about it because it's like, Cause like a, it made so me real what, mad. They made up stuff about the teacher talking about anal beads and stuff like that. Is that what it? They talk about that, but they also said I don't know what radio channel this was. I just clicked the link that was in the Facebook group because I wanted to know what all the like hustle bustle was about. Yeah. And yeah. this radio personality who has very one-sided opinions on things, it's very obvious, alluded to the fact that anal sex and homosexuality was pedophile material. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Like, where oh. is that link? Like, are you kidding me? How it's many link people of, have anal sex no, that are not same, pedophile? It's the, same, it's the same link as, oh, uh, what's what's to come after anal sex? You're going to have sex with animals? It's crazy. I, I was, was like, just like, no, no, not going not gonna to have sex with animals. Just going to have sex with people in whatever way I want. Yeah, it's it's wild. Like the conclusions people draw and how judgy and the thinking is just so boxed up. Like, like are you worried about that because you're having those urges and sensations because you're maybe telling us something or were abused as a kid or you know, like the mm-hmm. and it just I mean, yeah. Anyway, this could be a real big rabbit hole, (laughs) but it's very limited thinking and tolerance. And yeah, um, like, again, if you don't want your kid in sex ed class, if you don't want them to learn about sex ed, 
then take them out. Yeah. If you want them to have sex ed, it needs to be accurate information. Yeah. It needs to be accurate, inclusive. It needs to be like scientifically grounded and it needs to be um, like affirming. Yeah. Trauma informed. And if it's anything less than that, it's not worth teaching at all. And I think there is some, like, yes, I think it needs to be age appropriate. Like for fifth graders, like talking about kink stuff, yeah, probably, probably. Right. No, no, they aren't talking about kink. They weren't talking about kink. Right. I'm just like example, like just an example. Like, but. Other than whatever kink you are into is normal. Yeah. I'm not saying kink is wrong. I'm just saying, like, as a fresh fourth or fifth grader that right, knows right. nothing about sex, right. you're not going to start the sex conversation. They need to know about kink. the anatomy. They need to yeah, know about the physiology. The solid base, you know? They need to the know about periods the before they get one, you know? Exactly. Like, you just need very vanilla. Just keep it really, like, this is simple. Like, here we puberty. are. Like, you should be talking about puberty because that's, you know... That's what's going on for them right now. And knowing their own body and understanding their own body before they they understand how bodies like interlink. And right. I think that's important. So right. it's not that there's like anything wrong with kink or even, I mean, I think, honestly, I think anal is probably a little bit too much to be talking about right away until you understand. Yeah, I don't think they were how, talking like, about anal. Well, I think the this guy was on the something radio that said. just got blown out of proportion. Oh, and like, well, the like the teacher. Hit. So the article I read was from more like the more voices or whatever, and oh, okay. she had interviewed some of the kids that were in the class in question, and it was all girls and a female teacher, and all it was was those questions about am I a virgin if I have sex, anal sex, and what is being gay wrong and what does semen taste like 10 times and like that was it and then like rumors and all this other stuff kind of came out of it and so it really wasn't as bad as they were making it out to be at all Mm -hmm. well can you imagine like like you're just hearing a clip of that as like a certain type of parent (laughs) and how you would blow that out of like (laughs) complete that you have and like and that they are like they're lying like that information is lies it's untrue and so now that poor teacher yeah and i've heard she's a good teacher right like like that is just not okay and if that teacher wants to reach out to us and we can go to bat for her like i would 100% do that yeah that is not an easy class to teach and You know, even if the kids weren't like trying to push her buttons, those are questions. They're questions. If they come up with questions, if you can come up with a question, you deserve an answer. Yeah, right. That's that's what I'm saying. We can come up with an answer for the semen question. Yeah, (laughs) we can find out what's let's see. Let's find out. And while we're at it, we'll have a chemistry lesson about alkaline and acidic things and and what is the makeup of semen it's it's you know it's primarily water it has some glycogen i don't know and and so oh if it has some sugars in there it might be slightly sweet the sugar in there is actually what feeds the semen so that it can travel up into your body and reach the egg that's That's science science. (laughs) that's fucking science bitch so oh man 
Oh, yeah, and so, yeah, like, yeah, I just, that just triggered me when I saw that today. I was like, I don't know if that's what we wanted to talk about. Oh, so um, Ash also sent us an article that was a little bit about kink. So I did not read that one. What was it about? It was just like, Americans are kinkier than we think, are into different, like, sexual things than we would just, like, assume on the on the surface, but have always been that way. And so I was like, but the article didn't dive into a lot of different types of like stuff. Like it was like talking about like historically oral sex or anal sex or um, even like, you know, hand jobs and, you know, manual stimulation was considered like fringe sexual activity um, versus like just plain old missionary, you know, penis and vagina intercourse. Mm-hmm. And, and so, but like, so then things into like bondage or, um, you know, toys and other things, other things like that. It's just like, I don't know, it just seems silly to like deny or like oppress normal and natural things because sex should be fun and enjoyable. And if, if introducing different elements of that sexual experience brings you joy and brings you happiness and brings you connection to your partner in a, like a consensual way, then. Then all's game. Yeah. Like, man, this could seriously be like a five hour podcast. I feel like with how intertwined, like probably specifically more Americans, because I think Europeans and other countries are way more, relaxed about sex as far as talking about it and they're not as ashamed it's like interwoven in our society to be kind of prudish when it it comes to like talking about sex or not not you know it's just crazy and that this is kind of the same but a little deviant um you know the term of like a loose girl and then how there was that post sorry i'm like saying the f word a lot today (laughs) vagina doctor like posted <laughs> i think we talked about this like a the shriveled penis, up wiener the shrivel up wiener that's had sex like multiple times or whatever and then the yeah. nice long voluptuous penis that was like a virgin sausage <laughs> so, the full sausage yeah. or the wrinkly wiener like I that's totally, the same concept i but that hit home for me i was like holy shit like we have been told since like we knew about sex that you know oh, like you were like gonna be loose, loose. yeah like it would make you loose and like um all this stuff and how manipulative that is and completely wrong um and I never thought about it that way before and it just like was like holy shit yeah, yeah. it's a like, great <laughs> visual it is a great visual and like I would argue that like having sex would make you more in tune with your pelvic floor muscles and you know make you better at sex yeah Not and like damaged goods right. <laughs> right. oh there's so many things to unpack here anyway <laughs> i just like this could the, this could get real political so let's not go there but that was just I a mean, very good analogy yeah i i generally you know stay out of it but when it comes to things like that when it comes to affirming normal physiologic human urges sensations desires relationships sexual physiology 
sexual freedom, sexual bodily autonomy. I don't play. I don't play with that. (laughs) So let's unpack that. Here's a question for you. Your own experience. Do you feel like you have any leftover um, shame or things that you were taught or saw or experienced like early on that is still like haunting your sexuality now? And so I I didn't grow up religious. Um, Like we didn't go to church or anything like that. Um, And so I never was under the impression that sex, having sex or um, enjoying sex made me bad or made me less than anything. I think there was a more of a social pressure of like, um, like within school of like, yeah, like, oh, that girl's a slut, like kind of the slut shaming thing. Um, and also then like just my own internal of like, um, I felt like it, it was whoever I was going to like share that with, it had to be really important because I didn't want, um, I didn't want those rumors flying about me, you know, because that was like the, that's the worst. So like, I was like, those guys are idiots. Those guys are disgusting. They're getting with girls and then telling everyone about it. No, no, thank you. Mm -mm. So I think that was more of it where I was like very particular about like any sexual encounter that I had, because I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be your, your rumor mill. Like you're not going to tell stories about me. Um, and so that was, I think more influential, but I think for Bobby who grew up quite religious, um, that there is, there's still stuff in there that probably needs to be unpacked a little bit, <laughs> which it's we like, do therapy for. <laughs> it sounds like we need to have like a, a husband podcast. Um, so I'm on the flip side where I grew up very religious and we went to church every weekend um and like the whole confirmation the whole youth group bible camps you name it we like my parents and my grandparents were very very religious both sets so i grew up thinking sex was shameful like i grew up thinking now that here's the interesting thing is i think i was probably more um or less selective than you were once I got to high school because I I mean everything that I did like all my relationships I would be very careful to hide from my parents for one um and my group of friends was amazing they were we were all like athletes and and you know got good grades and made good decisions we didn't party we didn't drink like we were kind of like the good crew right but starting around 15, 16, I was not very selective. <laughs> and I like that has impacted Ash and my marriage. Like this is getting deep. Like this could go a lot deeper, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to dig too deep, but that, cause he was a virgin. And so he also grew up religious and there was so much of these like stereotypes and like, you know, kind of like shame and that, and it was, it was, we struggled a long, 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 long time with that. But I, I don't really, I don't, I'm not, I don't feel ashamed of like doing the things I did. 
I, yeah. I was just like, well, and I think it's, it's like, we, we, we want our children and we want our people that we love to make informed decisions about and everything they do. And so um, if someone at a young age decides they want to engage in, in sex or sexual acts of any kind is that they know kind of what, what to expect, what to expect of their partner, what, what to expect, you know, of a partnership in a really a sexual relationship, regardless if it's a uh, relationship that goes on or it's just a sexual relationship. Like what are, what are the boundaries? What are the expectations? What is um, acceptable um, as we enter into this relationship versus just going in blind being then um, our, then our sex ed is coming from the people, the first people we have intimate relationships with. Oh yeah. And then, then they get to dictate how we perceive sex, how we perceive consent, Ourselves. how we perceive, you know, mutual um, pleasure. Yeah. And, and so I think that's what really messes a lot of women up probably more so than men, but I don't know where if our initial partners were like selfish, finished really fast, never figured out how to, how to make us orgasm, then you think that that's how it should be. And also because then you learned that sex was shameful and that then I'm just a tool for this, this partner versus like, no, 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 this is a two way street here, mother effort. And uh, so so I don't think there was a lot of sexuality in my sex. Does that make sense? Right. Like I didn't think about pleasure or like, I didn't think about me. I didn't think about, it was just like very like surface level, like. And do you think it was just like an act of rebellion or it was just because that's what they want? Like what was expe an expectation of the relationship or. I think it was probably me just maybe a little rebellion because that's in my character. <laughs> but I think it was me just trying to find acceptance on honestly. Like I think it was that perception of like you you can't you like it have a good relationship or you can't guys want that. That's what you have to give in order to like have a relationship kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um which is obviously completely false um but that's that was the foundation of my like understanding at that age and that's why it's so important to understand your own body and your own everything and yourself and talk about what is sexuality we don't we are not animals we don't have sex just to reproduce <laughs> that is not what humans are. I think that's like a huge part of the conversation is like, people don't really know their sexuality. They don't know what feels good. They don't know their bodies. They don't know what to ask for, or they feel shameful of trying new things, you know, like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's just absolutely. sex. It's just sex. Like just whatever, but mm -hmm. it, it should be so much bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby and I have had this conversation about like how, how we approach this with our, with our kids. And I think it's that we don't want to put sex on a pedestal of um, this big 
thing, but we do want them to know that that intimate relationship is important, especially because we have sons. It's like, how do you how do you engage in a relationship with a, a, a partner of any kind, of any gender orientation, and in a way that is safe, and it is in a way that it feels good to both parties, not feeling good from a pleasure standpoint, but from a like just trust. like a relationship in a trusting standpoint. Yeah. And that then if you're in a relationship that feels good to you, that feels healthy to you, and then it wants to move into a sexual place because that feels like what um, both of you are interested in doing, then by all means. But again, like it's, I don't know. I just, too many times is the story I heard from, you know, friends or people that I know is like, their first sexual encounter was traumatic in that like um, they didn't know what to expect. They, it was overwhelming. What you said about putting it on the pedestal. I think that was that, that was the thing that, that tipped me over the edge because for so long it was like virginity is like virginity was on such a pedestal. Right. Cause I was like, anyway, I don't want to make this all about religion, but for so long, I was like, oh, you can't lose your virginity before marriage. You can't, you can't, you can't. Well, it happened that I did, right? And it wasn't planned, but I did. And then once I did, I was like, well, fuck, I'm bad now. I'm well, and guess I'm, what? I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not God good anymore. Doesn't, <laughs> God doesn't hate you. And I maybe I would get in trouble if I were a teacher, but I would be like, oh, fucking no, God doesn't hate you if you have sex before you get married. No, God loves you. If you believe in God and you believe that in God's love, that know that it does not, it does not start and stop at like a penis entering a vagina. It doesn't. Yeah. So carry on. <laughs> yeah. And that, yeah. And just like that shame, then just feel mm -hmm. like my, what the fuck, like attitude about it. And then I'm like, okay, now, I'm not, I wasn't like a total, like, I didn't, I wasn't right. with like a million dozen different people. Uh, it just, I think it's important. Like, yeah, it is deep, what it is. I think it's in really embedded in, in our, and like, even, I think even in non-religious situations, culturally, I think it's still, still really um, embedded. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be really interesting to take like courses on sexuality and like, you know, all of those things. Cause it, it still, I think impacts me and Ash um, just kind of, not that I feel shame around sex, but I think there are some things like deep down that I still hang on to when it comes to like, you know, like not exploring certain things or not really caring about my pleasure and just like wanting to get it over with you know like and that's probably like my hormones sometimes just wanting to get it over yeah. with. but like you know what yeah. I mean like and he's all about like no like this is this is us together we both need to like experience this and he yeah. loves like the foreplay and all the slow stuff and I'm just like I have a tendency to just like not enjoy it for what it could be and just right get it over right with. yeah no absolutely so if you were to explore some one aspect of fringe kink, what would it be? Honestly, I don't even, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't 
<laughs> so like BDSM, consensual non-consent. So like rape fantasy. I don't know foot stuff. Yeah, that'd be uh, a no go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bondage, like yeah. So like dom submissive, like uh, dressing up. I feel like that's the yeah. most tame out of all of those. <laughs> so like I. Like Ash and I, I mean, we've done, we have, I told you, we have a treasure chest of, <laughs> of okay. like random costumes, like, like that I've literally never worn. Um, and that just, it just is like, that's what I'm talking about. I'm just kind of like, eh. the interest in that. Like, it's just like, eh. whereas, um, I don't know, maybe it could be fun. I don't know. I've, not explore that too deeply mm-hmm. i don't i honestly don't know i don't think i have this is exactly my point i don't think i have like fantasies or like yeah like, it, yeah like and i think it's like that wall it's like, like and I, again i know we're we're gonna wrap it up but i think that might maybe comes a little bit with like porn culture too of like um like i feel like for men it's destigmatized porn is very destigmatized but for women it it isn't as much mm-hmm. and so um i feel like sometimes those fantasies are are developed via like watching it play out on screen um and so when we haven't explored any of that and we don't know it's sometimes yeah hard to how to know what sorts of things might like pique our interest sexually yeah, because you have to like kind of think about it, and I'm not one to like sit and think about sex. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm yeah. like I I am probably really boring. I'm probably really boring. <laughs> let's just be honest. <laughs> but yeah. um, yeah, I don't. This is all good stuff that I feel like I'm gonna have to like think about because I think it's important. I I think. So I think. <laughs> So we've been filming, I've been filming some content and where the yoga studio is that we're filming is not far from that smitten kitten place. <laughs> and so I think tomorrow our day date is going to be go there after filming. Because like so we, fun. we are low tech in our relationship. Like, <laughs> like we're low tech. Like we don't have any like real toys or anything like that. So maybe we'll, I'll report back. Yeah, we, I mean, we definitely, we have some toys and stuff. We just literally haven't used them since becoming parents. (laughs) (laughs) So homework this week. (laughs) Yeah, the husbands would love this, right? Um, There is a toy that I'm like like, thinking of. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) there is a toy that I do want though. And I've like literally never wanted a toy before. Um, It keeps coming across my Instagram um i think people are starting to promote it it's like it's sucky uh, i don't i don't think it sucks like a little goes around yeah and or like goes around and around i think i I could get into that yeah but it's like three hundred dollars and i'm like dude it's t- it can fit in my hand <laughs> like why is this 300 dollars? we get sponsored by these people or what <laughs> I, maybe. I like looked at the website i'm like yeah no <laughs> ash is good enough <laughs> like, <I believe> <laughs> but right anyway right. 
we touched on some like pretty uh interesting things today as far as um, yeah, a little charged up today very a little charged, charged very you know i feel like this could spark a lot of different opinions and responses right and, and welcome like bring your bring your opinions this was ours this was my opinion that's addy's opinion and if you disagree cool happy to hear it um but yeah yeah that's just how we how we saw it today <laughs> yeah just talking very candidly we didn't talk a whole lot about sex as like the sex is actually in our guide so yeah so in the don't beat around the bush guide it is a guide for penetrative intercourse so something entering the vagina inner type intercourse um and so we, as PRI therapists, recognize that there are natural asymmetries that exist in most people's bodies. And so the, the positions in the guide are reflective of that. It also just gives some different ideas. So if you're having tension in one area of your pelvic floor, or pain in one area of your pelvic floor can help you break, um, break some of that tension in your pattern without having to do crazy gymnastics type positions i think that's really what i like about this guide is that it's a realistic sexual position guide is that we don't we're, we're not looking for you know swinging from the the ceilings but what are positions that we maybe are are already doing or that we already like that maybe in postpartum or maybe in pregnancy didn't don't feel quite the same and then can we just change it a little bit in order to kind of optimize the balance of the pelvic floor um, and so I think that's really the essence of this sexual position guide is that, yeah, that we're really looking for, for some of those types of changes to happen. And it's not just the pelvic floor, but also the pelvic girdle pain, hip pain, back pain. I used a lot of these tips when I had pubic pain and sacroiliac pain. So, um, it's kind of like a whole body kind of approach and positioning very mechanical body mechanics and positioning to help balance out that pelvic floor so tons of tips in there lots about lube, lots, um, there's also a 90 minute webinar at the, the end of there um that we went um a webinar that we did with mama stay fit um that details all sorts of different reasons why um certain things could change in, in pregnancy and, and postpartum as well yeah. So those clients that are having great orgasms, <laughs> I gave them most of these tips that are in our guide. So yeah. if you need some help. The code is Valentine for $10 off the Don't Beat Around the Bush sexual position guide. All and right. It lasts until February 15th, I believe it ends. Cool. So grab it while you got it. Yay. Know your bush. Love your bush. Spread the bushes. Share the bushes. Ah. Dang it! Spread or share? You said spread this time. Isn't it share the bushy love? Who knows, man? Both. Spread <laughs> it. If you have a bush, you might have to spread it. <laughs> I thought you told me it's sharing. Oh, wait. Either one could be. <laughs> I don't know. Share and spread the bushy love. You can communicate with Addie and I both in regards to the podcast questions, comments, concerns, topics that you want discussed on our podcast Facebook page, Don't Beat Around the Bush Podcast, as well as our email account, which is Don't Beat Around the Bush Podcast at gmail.com. 
You can also find our podcast on all the major podcast platforms. So please subscribe, comment, and share all the bushy love. It's probably pretty obvious that our episodes are edited and produced by Addie and myself. (laughs) And our music is provided by Blockhead. 